Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from sunny Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Coming up on today's episode, well, we're going to talk... Uh, it's almost a theme, at least a couple of my stories and what yeah. we're going to be talking well, about. Okay. Yeah, it's freedom. Freedom of speech. We're kind of when, going when, back to that. What should we allow people to say? What it's should been, yeah. What should Frank and I what, be allowed to what say? What should we not allow people to say? Because right. that's really the, the gist of, of right. our story yeah. later on. It's true. Yeah. We're going to be discussing it. Yeah. So we'll all of you, all of you international listeners, this will be a, it'll be an international discussion. Yeah, we'd love to hear what people think outside the U.S. because we're kind of crazy free speechers in this country. Yeah, and other country, there are other countries that have like our craziness of free speech, but then there are others, surprising yeah. places that have surprising limitations on free speech. It'll, it'll be interesting to hear from you. Yeah. So, but oh. we'll get to that later. Yeah. Now, now we need to talk about very pressing issues. Oh yes. Yeah, indeed. I've got one. Do you? Pastor in in Lincoln, Nebraska. Ooh. No, no. He's not in Lincoln. Sorry. No. He's and he's not a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> then tell me, Dan. Would you like to <laughs> No, he is in Lincoln. He's not a pastor. Oh. He is in Lincoln. That's what I meant. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay. He, he's what do you he's, Okay. I can totally <laughs> What's funny is that as I started it, I had the wrong I had the wrong uh link up. On my on my computer, oh. so I saw the word pastor and was like, "Pastor in Lincoln." Wait, something's not jiving. I'm saying I'm seeing words that aren't supposed to be on this story. Anyway, uh, a superintendent of a Christian school in Lincoln, Nebraska, possibly a pastor, possibly a pastor a, of sorts. Uh, 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 yes, he tends a flock. He does. I'm gonna. We'll call him pastoral <laughs> in nature. Okay, but not anymore. What he happened? has been fired. Why? Uh, for commi- this one hits close to home for me. He committed the sin of theater. Oh, <laughs> that is a sin. It is. Uh, he appeared, especially in some people's hands. Indeed. <laughs> and I'm guessing that maybe by my standards of theater, he might have deserved to be fired, but not oh. from his job as a superintendent, just as a theater director, as a th- as, as an actor. Oh, he or, was an actor. He was in the show. He he appeared in the Mel Brooks comedy, uh, the uh, the pr- producers. You remember the producers? Yeah. So Cute. the producers is one of those. It's one of those things that it's funny because it was a movie and then it was a musical and then it was a movie of the musical. But this one, yeah. this production uh, was just a production of the musical. He played. This was n- okay, so this is the second incarnation of the producers, right? Okay, right, and uh, and and it's a. I mean, it's. A mildly offensive show. It's Mel Brooks, so yeah. like there's going to be stuff that could offend, but it's not an offensive show. Uh, if it's Mel Brooks, I would say it's irreverent, which it, is it, probably the problem here. It is irreverent, but I mean, uh, the the plot of the show is that it's about two producers on broad, two Broadway producers who realize that they could make more money with like, a flop with a flop than they could with a hit, right? Just by just by getting all of these investors to invest in a show. And have it closed the day the day after it opens, and then they just get to keep all of the money. But the trick is the show has to be so bad that everybody and so offensive that actually. it's universally hated and panned and blah blah blah. Which is why there's the musical number, the famous musical number, "Springtime in Hitler." Springtime for Hitler. Hitler. Springtime for Hitler. Springtime for Hitler and Germany. <laughs> it's a great song, and and of course it ends up being a hit anyway, and they and they go broke. Because it was a hit instead of a flop. Right. And they'd worked the numbers. Yes. Okay. Right. Gotcha. So anyway, nothing like overly anti-churchy. 
There's a there's a whole there's a whole side plot about like how they get their investors and they basically do it by screwing old ladies right for money to, to garner their favor right okay it's very it's sort of it's basically prostitution <laughs> but I mean is that so what? offensive that a, that a guy loses his job yeah. over it in this day and day in this day and age what isn't prostitution <laughs> right well. Not being superintendent of a Christian school, apparently. What? Yeah, it's it's a non-denominational Christ, Christian school, uh, and I, I don't know. I just find that so weird that that's what they fire that, him over. There had to be something else. They already didn't like him. Yeah, there was like he was not a popular superintendent. <laughs> they were looking for a reason. Because you forgive Brother Randy, right? Yeah, sure. For that, for yeah, but this guy. What was his name? Uh, it was uh, Harold Scott, brother Harold. Yes, right. yeah. You forgive him if you like him. Yeah, forgiveness he, is funny that way, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you like he, the person, this, you forgive this, him. This guy could have done something way worse mm-hmm. and been forgiven mm-hmm. if he was well liked. Yeah. Not. I mean, he couldn't have like you know. He was already rocking some Christian boats. He was already. He really was sketchy. There was something going on. I think you're guy. right about that. Anyway, there you go. That's 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 life in Lincoln. Or the wrong person's wife played one of the old women <laughs> who was screwed. <laughs> yeah, or it was produced by some atheist <gasps> theater or something. No, it was the the Loft Theater near Manly, Nebraska. Manly, Manly, Le- Nebraska. Mm. Which mm. just sounds like a gay mecca to me. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's a gay <laughs> show. Uh, who knows? All right. Well, I've got a story that takes us to the Vatican. Vatican Ooh. City. Actually, we... it first takes us to Switzerland. Yeah. Um, uh, are there going to be people in funny clothes in this, in this story? There are going to be people in funny clothes. <laughs> um, a member of the Swiss Guard... A former member of the Swiss Guard. Uh-huh. Uh, the Swiss Guard famously wear the sort of ridiculous old... Um, jester uniforms? Jester <laughs> uniforms is their military <laughs> uniform. Uh, and they uh, they guard the, the, the Pope. The, Va- the, Vatican. the Vatican. Yeah. Right. They, they are the, the Vatican's military. Right. The clown guards of the Vatican. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, one of them, who used to... He used to be a Swiss Guard... Um, has reported to a Swiss newspaper that he received more than 20, quote, unambiguous sexual requests <laughs> from members of the clergy. <laughs> Many of them high-ranking. Oh, God bless them. Including a cardinal. Yes, of course a cardinal. Um, a member of the Secretariat of State. <laughs> um, as well as, I guess, kind of you name it. Up yeah. to 20. Yeah. Um, and uh, the only reason he didn't get a request from the Pope is because the Pope doesn't request. No. The Pope demands. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, he's, and the, the, the requests, uh, the, this is some of the, these are some of the more salacious, salacious details. Oh. Um, he, uh, one night, this is a quote, one night after midnight, I received a call on my mobile phone. <laughs> The person on the other end said he was a cardinal, and he asked me to come to his room. <laughs> Which, uh, all on its own, maybe he just needed some some help from... Maybe cardinal has fallen and he can't get up. Military. 
Um, he also, um, in another case, the uh, uh, this fellow um, said, has reported that a, a priest invited him to dinner. Oh, that's nice. Saying that the guard himself would be the dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes, and please and thank you. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and also there was, uh, he once found a bottle of whiskey along with a culling card from an influential bishop that was left for him. Mm. Uh, and he said that he was fondled by clergy many times. <laughs> These guys have graduated. When you go to the, the Vatican, <laughs> you've graduated from, from altar boys. Yeah, you don't, no, you're and looking that, for the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking you find the handsomest clown guard you can find <laughs> who who puts off some vibes. Who puts off a vibe or two. <laughs> you know what? The, this has been haunting that poor guard his whole life. He's a he's mildly effeminate, always has been straight as an arrow. But he's one of those guys. So he had to like he joined the guard because he wanted to be all mm. tough and manly. Yeah. But even in guard school he was like, "Yes, we're going to Let's go for a run, everybody. Oh, what a pretty uniform. I bet I can do more push-ups than you. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> I'm so good at push-ups. Watch. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 yet, and yet, he thinks he's going to the safest place on earth for an effeminate straight guy. Mm-hmm. And he ends up just <laughs> nonstop being har- harassed yeah. by the clergy. Yep. Isn't that amazing? I love it. I think that's delightful. Um, There were some wonderful, let's see, uh, some wonderful lines in here. What was it? Um, So he was, he was, he was a Swiss. What's interesting is how vague the um, Swiss media can be, (laughs) right? About who this person is. Oh, really? Making the allegations. Yeah. The Swiss are strange about privacy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, the man's name is not mentioned anywhere okay. in here. And details as to even like the specific years that oh. he's there are not given. Um, he, well, they uh, don't, they don't want to risk, but he was there when, during the papacy of, uh, John Paul II. Okay. But that was a long time. That was from 1978 to 2005. Yeah. That could be any. So, you know, the guy could be, he could still be fairly young or he could be up in his fifties or even potentially yeah like even older uh and so but anyways uh i just have to say you'll be the dessert is the creepiest thing you could say oh if you're not a priest (laughs) if you are a priest you have you have gone to levels of creepy that are like (laughs) like that you have a special submarine to get that deep into creepiness well the thing is he reported this, this dude actually reported it to his superiors at one point. And because his Italian wasn't wonderful, right. they said, oh, you probably didn't understand. But I was like, he knows the word for dessert. Right. He knows yeah. that you'll be dessert. Right. He knows what that is. And and it's hard to misinterpret a fondling. Those, uh, those bedroom eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Those priestly bedroom eyes. Oh my god. Mm. No, thank you. Father. Keep it to yourself. Unless it's Yummy. that Father Hottie who's on uh iTunes. Yeah. That, uh, I'm just saying. He was Of course most of the most of the guys who make it there all the way to the Vatican, they're old. Oh yeah. 
They're these, old. They're uh, these dudes are in their sixties and seventies, and they're like, "Hey, before I go and meet my maker, look, I still got some time to repent. I need you to come over here and give me some sugar." These guys have already given up on that. <laughs> That's Th- true. These guys have had so many. They don't. Yeah, they don't even believe in so, anything uh, anymore. All they believe in is I'm in the Vatican. We rule the world. I'm in the position of power, and, and you person, are dressed as a clown. Yeah. Come and sh- come and shake and your maracas. You're in your twenties, and you're and you're yummy. military. Hell yeah! Oh yeah, that'd be uh-huh. yeah. You get those uh, diamond shaped, diamond patterned pants over here, and <laughs> let's see what we can do. Pen- do they have pom poms on on there somewhere? Oh, they have like they've they've got crazy um, like like uh, marching band. Red hats <laughs> right. that they wear. Oh, it's not diamonds. It's stripes, of yeah, course. It's stripes. It's gold. Kind of a gold color. It's like, um, yeah, it's like a golden blue. rod, blue, and red. Yeah. But <laughs> blue is, red is more of an accent color. It's right. really the, yeah. the golden blue stripes. Right. With accents of, of red. Head to toe golden blue stripes. Yeah. Like, literally, start at the, at the shoulders and go all the way down to the feet with those stripes. Yeah. Yeah. And silly plumes mm-hmm. on their heads mm-hmm. <laughs> and their helmets. Yeah, they actually have plate mail armor. Like, like they don't wear it all the time, but they actually have plate mail armor. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah they seriously. Um, <laughs> actually, their uniforms would be considered a little much for a marching band. Yeah, like, yeah, they're so over the top. <laughs> a marching band would be like, oh, we can't wear that. <laughs> People even, will ridicule not even us. We can pull that off, right? <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Oh. You want to top marching it? bands worried about ridicule? You, you, I'm sorry. You want to top it with a beret? No, we're not doing that. <laughs> I just found a funny picture of Swiss Guard and like a a, a My Little Pony going ah! <laughs> like hooray! It's my people. Oh, cute. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, on our Facebook, I don't know if you saw this. Mackenzie was posting some stuff about a pastor named Ryan Bell, who decided that he was going to spend a year as an atheist. How do you... okay. Or at least with the trappings of atheism. What are the trappings of atheism? So what, what does he mean by so that? So he, he was going to not go to church. He was going to not pray. When he had a problem or an issue, he was going to not consult the Bible about it. He was just going to sort of think it through on his own. Yeah, but... <sighs> See, now you're having the same reaction. Hemet Metha, Meta, Hemet, I don't know how he says his name. Damn it. I'm going to, I'm sure he'll be at the atheist convention here and then I'll meet him. Just do your best, Dan. Anyway, he had similar reaction to what you're having, which is like, you can't actually just put on the trappings of atheism and be an atheist. So you're not praying. Well, you still want to pray. Yeah. Like. Like, fair enough. And however, you still believe that there's a God there. However, I think that I still think it's a noble experiment. I still think noble. I, absolutely. The word noble. Absolutely. Okay. Because he's actually like, he's going to immerse himself. He's going to read all of the, you know, he's going to read Dawkins. He's going to read Hitchens. He's going to, he's going to genuinely like sort of immerse himself. And he says, he's going to like, you know, go to atheist meetups and whatever. I I just think he's he's actually exploring this. Hmm. He's actually doing a thing. He's challenging his own mind. Whatever conclusion he comes to, I don't give a shit. I think it's a cool thing that he's doing. I think people should try. And you know what? The truth is, 
yeah, he can't just be an atheist by trying this stuff on. However, I can't be a Christian by trying on by going to church and stuff because I don't believe in it, and I just won't. But may, <laughs> not not I refuse to. But it's just not going to convince me. I've tried it. I've been to church plenty of times. It's not going to be convincing. But if but if I were to say I want to see what it is, what 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 the meaning of of being a Christian is, but even it, if I don't discover it all the way, but here's the he'll deal. learn stuff. Like what is his sign off prayer? Even to God, even like, see you in a year. It's like, so this is what I'm doing. And so I'm not going to be praying for a year. I hope that's okay. I'm trying to like, like, what the, like he, I don't get it because, because the fact of the matter is what he's doing. If he's a believer, what he's doing is putting himself into die, his soul into dire, dire risk. I think what he's doing is trusting that. If there is such a thing, if there is a God, that God is a forgiving and loving God, and we'll see that he's just trying to understand his fellow human, and he's just trying to explore the reality of life. What brand of Christianity is he? Uh, I, I, that, that might I'm, help I'm not sure. me, kind of, sort of, because like if he's if he's one of the more sort of relaxed types of Christian, then okay, I can kind of wrap my head around it. But when you say this Christian dude is doing this experiment, I'm like... I'm thinking evangelical dude, and I can't. I have word Mormon. I, I just have a hard time figuring out like how does somebody like that do that. I I get that, but if he's already halfway there, then I kind of see it. I don't know. I mean, he was. He I I don't have in front of me what his uh what mode of of Christianity he is. I know that he was a pastor. I mm. think he's from the South, but now he lives in California. Oh well. But I, I'm, that I, says everything. I'm kind of shocked that people aren't more on board with this because he's just because we're all about exploration. We're all about like trying to look for truth. Yeah, I mean, that's and a good that's point, all he's but... doing. And he, you know, it, even if his, you know, even if what he's trying doesn't lead him to atheism, which by the way, I bet you money it does. I'll bet if he really gives this a go and he really tries to say, hey. You know, let's just see what happens if I, you know, if I just try to solve the problems myself, if I just look at a cosmology that doesn't involve a creator, what, and he genuinely gives it the, that thought and lets it sink in, I bet he comes out an atheist. But even if he doesn't, I, I don't care because okay. I think he's exploring and I think that he's, he's looking at the world and I think that's what we need to all be doing. I, here's the deal. And I, I kind of hate this kind of statement coming out of my mouth, but if he ends up being atheist at the end, the end of this whole thing, there's a suspicion that I have, and I know a lot of people would also have that this was just an elaborate exit. This was just, this was just, you know what I mean? Like that he already harbors serious doubts. Okay. Is that bad? No, it's not bad, but like, I mean, it is bad in one way because it's like, it's not being honest about what it is. Well, He's presenting himself as this like I would I would present to you the possibility that he is being honest because he hasn't been able to wrap his mind around the possibility around the fact that he doesn't believe anymore. And this is his method of getting to that. This is it's an unconscious effort on his part to get it, himself to where he actually knows it, he belongs. It kind of feels like somebody's saying they're bisexual a year before they're saying they're gay. I don't begrudge them that. I think we need psychological stepping stones as people a lot of the time. Mm. I didn't. No, I did. That's not true. I totally did. In my, in my journey from Mormon to atheist, 
there was a there was an intermediary step where I said, okay, I'm still going to believe in God. I'm just abandoning Mormonism itself, mm. and there, and that didn't last too long. But it, but I th- needed to go through the process to get there. Hmm. Anyway, uh, there's a there's a new part to this story. Okay, and that is that is that. He was fired from his jobs. He had two jobs, both of which were Christian-based. Um, one was that he was a... Um, oh, shoot. I had it pulled up, and then I was looking for something else. He was, he was a... Okay, so he was, he was a minister. Oh, Seventh-day Adventist is where his ministerial credentials are from. Really? Yeah. That, doesn't, that seems a little weird to me. Okay. But okay. All right. Okay. Um... He's working these jobs. He's fired from both of his jobs. Mm-hmm. The second he announces that he's going to do this experiment. Wow. So, Hemant Mehta, who, <laughs> who, uh, who was, who was, HM. who was critical of, of his initial launch. Mm-hmm. He, he, on his blog, uh, Friendly Atheist, mm-hmm. said that he thought that, that, you can't just try on atheism and blah, blah, blah. And I disagreed with his criticisms just because it's just like, well, what the fuck are you – what's the point of that? Who cares if you can't actually believe something that you don't believe? He's trying on the trappings of it just to see what it's about, and I, I commend him for it. Anyway, regardless of that, once he was fired, Hammond did a really cool thing. He started a, a fund from atheists mm. to say, hey, you know what? You're doing this journey. We think it's cool. We're going to give you some money. Yeah. He, he, he tried kind of to offset the... Right, right. He made a goal of, of $5,000. Well, that's really nice. Which is a really good thing. Yeah. Got 19000 Jesus. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Dude can go be professionally atheist for a while. Yeah. Huh. I want to be professionally atheist for a while. <laughs> I can't afford it. I know. I, know. I mean, we, you know, we do what we can. Well, we're 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 um, people do donate to us. We're, we're yes, not a lot, but not nineteen thousand dollars. No, but but that, I think that's awesome. I think that the fact is that at very least we're showing him, hey, you know, we as a community, mm-hmm. we're going to welcome you. Yeah, okay. You've been abandoned by the, that is a nice development by the and charitable I, and people, I, and I support that as a development. Um. Uh, obviously, nobody wants to get fired, but it's nice that the atheists were able to jump in and help out. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm still, I'm still conflicted though about his whole little. I mean, I'm not, I'm not conflicted about 100. percent Like, I had no problem with him, like doing, like, like trying it on for size. Right? I don't have any problem with that. I have a problem with the whole like experiment of like and and the way that it's sort of presented of i'm going to be atheist for a year that presentation just doesn't set well with me okay so what if we what if he eliminated that language Mm -hmm. and said for one year i'm going to i'm going to not pray not go to church i won't read the bible for inspiration i won't trust in divine providence or hope in things unseen and it's it's a little wordy, but yeah, I would I would support it. So you're just objecting to language at this point. I am. You're just objecting to him saying I'm going to be atheist for a year. Well, that's just a good title. That's just a good publicity title. Sure. <laughs> Maybe that's what I have an objection to. I support him. I don't. That's hmm. fine. Hmm. 
Anyway, he's uh, he's got the money. He can go and do it now. Okay. Well, I am going to um, go to the story of Holly Hundra, a Sikh woman mm. who um, is uh, who 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 last year uh, went to a go kart uh, park. You know, one of these little. Get on the go kart, a little racetrack, which is thing. which is one of the lesser known parts of the Sikh religion. <laughs> There's the little swords. And... She was out having a good time. She went with a group of her friends, uh-huh. and they went to a go kart park. Sounds great. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? Why would you not do that? Okay. Um, she wasn't like a uh, an experienced go karter. No. Nor were most of her friends. They just went to have a good time. Sure. Well. Um, <clears throat> At a certain point, and I'm not quite sure how all of it happened, but her hair got caught. Oh, no. In the motor of the go-kart. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so so painful. Yeah. Awful. Right? And and it's probably really long. And her hair's really long because she hasn't cut cut it it. since birth. Right. She's never cut her hair since birth. Right. Oh, the split ends. Now, there's nothing... The split There's ends, can you imagine? wrong with her body. She's not hurt. It didn't, like, it didn't hurt her. And she's calling for the workers at the go-kart place to call 911. Yeah. Instead, they cut her hair. Oh. To free her. Oh, dear. Because that's all that... In just sort of the tangible physical world that they're right. looking at, that's all that needs to happen. And, is among, just and among disentangle the, her, cut her hair. And among the the non Sikh people, mm-hmm. which is everybody else in their in society in our society, right? That's just that's a no brainer. That's a no brainer. You, you don't have to it. think about that at all. Well, now she is suing the go kart <laughs> facility. Well. Okay, okay. For I get... uh, $50,000 uh, damages, as well as legal fees. And uh, it caused her, she's saying that it caused um, Holly severe emotional distress because in cutting her hair, they destroyed one of her symbols of devotion to her religious faith. Um, yeah. So yeah I... She'd never cut her hair. Uh... I'm not buying it, and I'll tell you why. What are you not buying? Fifty thousand dollars isn't like yeah, it's but a he, chunk of money. But it's not like she's going for millions. yeah. Well, it's it not like, like it's not like go kart places have millions anyway. Well, she could own it. This <laughs> is my go kart place now. Here's what I'm not buying: a, if they had called nine one one and the paramedics had got there and they, everybody had communicated perfectly, and she had you know, and they had said, hey. Uh, we understand your religious problem. Uh, let's just talk through it and see what what's the best solution for you. To probably it would eventually the motor. It would eventually have come to we have to hair. cut your hair. Eventually, I, it would have gotten to we have to cut your hair. I bet what she really want what she really should have been asking for is a mechanic. <laughs> they Take this thing it. apart. They couldn't have while done I it. sit here, and we're going to save as much of my hair as we possibly can. It still would have ended up getting cut. No matter what, her hair She would have lost up... some hair, but there, there must be something about the amount of hair. It's also the fact that in the moment, against her wishes, she still saw options. And yeah. against her wishes, they just cut her hair. That would, that, I mean, that is a problem. I don't understand how that happens. Like, 
Someone I, swoops in with scissors, and before she has a chance to say anything, they're just cutting her hair? I don't know. I don't know. How, I, I don't know. I mean, they were what trying I to know save is how her. did her hair, which I'm sure was up yeah. and wrapped up. How did that happen? How, all this, I want to know how the whole thing happened. She wanted to feel it flowing in the breeze. I doubt that was it. She wanted, so as she's driving, she just like lets it all out. I'm pretty just, sure. It's just <laughs> sailing behind her. She's so happy. 12 feet behind her. As she drives along. The other thing that I'm not buying here, the other thing that the that's that's not gelling with me in this is the is that yes, it is a symbol of her devotion to her blah blah blah. But it grows back. She didn't cut it. Her her gods or whatever are not going to be angry about this. It's a symbol. But it's you know a, that you know that some people don't work on that level, Dan. It's, their world yeah. does not work on the symbolic um and on the god is going to be forgiving and god's going to understand this she had hair that she had never cut in her life at the very ends in her mind are some baby hair right right which of the, course we know is not true we know but... that's not true it's been breaking off over time right right and but nonetheless and... that I... is hair that she's had her entire life and she has psychological attachment to it she has emotional attachment to it i get all of that and i get that and i think that probably i mean the the, whoever it was that cut her hair wasn't it didn't even occur to them that there could be this significance to it no they just when they just were desperate to free her because they wanted her safety right and that i think the fact that she can't take that thought into account is a problem for me yeah and also the fact and you know and and but yeah, I mean, there should have probably been more discussion. There uh-huh. pro- probably should have been... There was probably a lot of chaos, let's right. face it. Right. If this had been handled perfectly, the person probably would have gone up and said, I'm going to cut your hair now to free you. Is that okay? Right. And then she but, would have said, no, 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 no. And then they would have had this long, oh, no, my religion and blah, blah, blah. But you don't necessarily think that in the moment. You want to save someone from impending doom. Right. And all she apparently all she was communicating was call nine one one call nine one one, which, again, you brought up the point. But what is nine one one going to do? <laughs> right? What is she thinking she'll get out of that? They, they, I mean, she's not having a heart attack. She's yeah. not. She doesn't have a broken bone. Like, what is? What are the paramedics going to do? Yeah. She's not bleeding profusely. Indeed. So, anyways. I thought it, I think it's an interesting though thing to think about though. It's a problem. It's a problem. It, uh, anyways, well, there you go. Don't cut a Sikh's hair under everybody. any circumstances. <laughs> just, just let them sort the issue out on their own. Because who knows? Maybe there's some ceremony that you could do. Ooh, you know, like good, good. some. I, I again, I have no clue. But maybe there was a proper way. <laughs> For under, <clears throat> under, you know, duress to be able to cut somebody's hair. Right. I, yeah, exactly. That's but, what, but that's that what that was all skipped. That was just, yeah. They and now she'd call in. Now and, she needs her $50,000. A Sikh priest. Which I had, I do have a hard time with. I mean, I guess, I guess why, why do, why do you ask for the $50,000? I don't know. You know, because probably no if she had gone, harm. if she had gone to them, probably she, she would have gotten like several free rides on go-karts. <laughs> several. Anyway, 
Yeah. 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 We'll move on. Hey, okay. uh, so there was a a pastor in Texas named Pastor Robert Jeffress. I think we've we've mm, we've I've met him before. before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he just wrote a book. It's a book called Perfect Ending. And here's what's mm. now. You and I spoke with at length with a pastor in Texas. Yes, in Waco. In Waco, this the Mr. Jeffress is from Dallas. He's a little bit bigger mm. than than Pastor Charles from the what is what used to be the Branch Davidians. Right. And we had a long conversation it's with him. His fifty fifty clergy or uh, congregation of fifty, right? Including exactly. internet, <laughs> right? Right. Viewers. Yeah, we were pretty skeptical of that number, and then he said the oh, the, the internet, and I was like, oh yeah, like. There's somebody tuning in. Somebody's subscribing. No, they just clicked subscribe and then never watched again. Anyway. Don't tell them that. Anyway, Pastor Charles said in our long conversation that uh, Obama was the Antichrist. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'd worked it all out. He had, oh, mathematically. Done, yeah. He knew he knew how everything connected with everything and yeah. you know the uh how the how mm-hmm. the Jesuits were in cahoots with the Muslims mm-hmm. and how Obama was helping that and the thing and the this and, how and David the David Koresh fit into all of it. it d- exactly. <laughs> David Koresh was part of the whole deal. I'm pretty sure at some point yeah. It, it and was And Pastor Charles was clearly a part of it too. Oh, well, yeah. He he, need, he wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't actually say it. He was, he was shown some humility that day, but it was clear that he was a big part of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was going to be leading the only flock that like mattered. Yeah. Once, once the, the only fifty people, once the, the on the entire face of the planet who get to survive the the apocalypse, <laughs> the Catholic, the go to heaven. Muslim apocalypse. Yeah. Anyway, he uh, so. So he pronounced Obama the Antichrist. Well, Pastor Jeffries begs to differ. Obama oh, he's standing up for Obama. Obama is not the Antichrist. Oh, well, good for him. He's merely Take paving him. the way for the Antichrist. Oh. <laughs> so not entirely off the hook. No, oh no, no. He's he's not the Antichrist himself. He's just the Antichrist's precursor. <laughs> And that's that's it's very clear. He said <laughs> the quote from the well, someone someone's got to be the quote from from the publisher uh, said uh, for the first time in the, in history a president of our country has openly proposed altering one of society's not to mention God's most fundamental laws that marriage should be between a man and a woman. Mm. And he says, while I am not suggesting that President Obama is the Antichrist, hmm. the fact that he was able to propose such a sweeping change to God's law and still win re-election by a comfortable margin illustrates how a future world leader will be able to oppose God's law without any repercussions. Mm. Mm. Which sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> oh, Oh, that's nice. Oh, so that's finally happened. Good. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> thank you, Pastor Jeffers. That's that's very reassuring. Very, We've reached that point. I'm very pleased Good. about this. America's taking steps in the right direction. Excellent. Oh, man. The way that these conservative Christians respond to Obama, he's so centrist. He's so not know. the left-wing nut job that they want him to be that they just pretend like he is and move about their business yeah but he's 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 uh, yeah we need he's we, not what they want though we so need they to have to make him yeah bring a uh like a 
Swedish politician into the mix or a you know a French politician into our mix just mm-hmm. just so that people can see what a liberal politician might actually look like <laughs> just so that everybody right. goes holy yeah. crap <laughs> what <laughs> that's and, what left wing actually looks and like and then and then Americans will go oh yeah oh Obama's pretty cool then I guess <laughs> and then all the left wing will go man Obama's terrible yeah anyway yep. And there are plenty, plenty who <laughs> already say such things. Indeed. Oh, boy. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Obama. Every, well, I was worried that he was the Antichrist, but. But it's nice to know that he's not. not. Yeah. He's just a, a hidden Muslim terrorist <laughs> operative. <laughs> when is he going to get around to Ruining that, God's life? Lo- right? Like, like when, when does the Manchurian candidate actually engage gets turned on <laughs> who's, who's somebody say the safe word or the or the the, the, the trigger I, word i just at this point i just need it i'm curious we just, i want to see it happen yeah i know what does he actually do he tried to close he, he tried to close gitmo and then it didn't really happen he i mean i thought he was just going to open the doors and re and release them all like well, doves into the world <laughs> little piece stuff <laughs> <laughs> running amok <laughs> little terrorist doves flying <laughs> back out into their world all right um well i've got a the wonderful story of uh of uh some some iphone apps Ooh, that, i like apps um, i'm gonna download all of them well good luck uh-oh because they've all been banned no! by apple by apple from <sighs> the app store and they are religious iPhone apps. Oh no! That have been banned. Oh no! They will not have them here. Apple is the Antichrist. Well, what not are, quite. You'll okay, see so what, what's what are the banned. apps? So one of the apps that has been banned. The first one on my little list here is one called Miso Holy. <laughs> um, Oh my this, god. Uh, allowed oh my god. Users... Christ love you long time. the Miso Holy um, allowed users to paste their face <laughs> onto the bodies of religious figures including nuns, priests, Jesus. Oh, that's etc. That's fun. Uh, it was kicked off in 2009 for, quote, containing objectionable content uh, in, How? in violation of the company's user, or I'm sorry, a developer, developer agreement. I you know, it, I'm sorry, but A, you what you got on one hand, you got your priests, you got your nuns, you got your saints and, and, and Christs and whatnot. And on the other hand, you got your users' photos. Mm-hmm. Where's the objectionable material? I don't know. That's don't know. all very good material. Uh, the, another one on the list is Jew or not Jew. <laughs> oh, um, no. Which allowed users to um, guess, I guess, um, which celebrities or, or Are religious Jewish. figures were Jewish. So it's like a true-false. Yeah, that's a, little, that's a little rough. Uh, that one's a little rough. And uh, the French anti-racism group, SOS Racisme, um, uh, threatened to sue Apple on the grounds that French law prohibits the compilation of people's race and religious affiliation without their consent oh okay it's an interesting law we'll be talking about french law later yep yep uh so that one was pulled um this one is i slam 
I slam. So little I, yeah. big S, L A M. So it looks like Islam. Oh, yeah. I slam. I slam Muhammad. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yes. That, and, that, one, that one gets rejected based on the title. Yeah, I know. Uh, but on uh, Everybody Draw Muhammad Day in 2010, right. Apple removed the Islam Muhammad app, um, which encouraged users to, quote, enjoy violent and hateful passages from the Quran that support and encourage Muslims to attack and behead anyone who does not agree with them. Okay. Um, however, interestingly enough, uh, other apps uh, that ridicule religious texts such as the Bible uh, remain available for download. I've, this is this is Islam. This is fear of I, Islam. I I say this app could still exist if they had just chosen a be- a less incendiary name. Maybe I say this app could have totally existed if it was just if it was just called those wacky Muslims. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? I, th- I, I think it's. I was worried. I was thinking it was going to be all about like images of 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 Muhammad. No, just to just to fuck with them, because you're not allowed to do that. You know. No, no imagery. I, I was not aware that there was a day that was set aside as everybody draw Muhammad. Day. Yeah, that was that came about because of the whole Dutch cartoonist thing. Sure. Dutch, yeah. Danish? Danish, Danish. Yeah, yeah, the whole Danish cartoonist thing that everybody was like, "Hey, we'll support this guy by." Continuing to draw Muhammad. <laughs> uh, the uh, fourth one on this little list is the Manhattan Declaration. Okay. Uh, which is a Christian manifesto. So this was uh, an app from them. Uh, but the, the Manhattan Declaration is a Christian manifesto uh, that, quote, affirms uh, the sanctity of human life and the dignity of marriage as a union of husband and wife. So Apple banned it. Because it was anti-gay mm. and anti-choice. Yeah. Well, there you interesting. go. Now that's that's interesting. That is interesting. There, uh, we're, we, this is the free speech show. Because mm-hmm. I object to Apple banning some of these things. Mm-hmm. I just think you know they you you need to be able to yeah let everybody think their stupid thoughts. But the thing that Apple does with their app market is they curate it. That's true. And if you're in, if you curate it then you need to have standards yeah that are applicable across the board applicable apple yummy (laughs) um and then uh there is uh the final one from exodus international i don't know what the app was called uh which is an ex-gay ex-gay christian organization Mm. um and apple shut that one down too they're ex-gay they're exodusing from From what gay use, bars. What they're using, <laughs> what they're using, is um, the fact that Apple does not allow apps on that are offensive to large groups of people. Okay, well there you go. Which which we means could that, let them t- take down just about anything. True. It means that if we ever did an app, we'd be in danger of running afoul of that. Yeah. Because I I know you offend me all the time, so well I'm not a large group of people. <laughs> But I feel like I could represent. <laughs> I'm okay. kidding. What I'm about kidding. me offends you, Dan? Mostly things I say. Mostly just that you're taking up valuable airtime that I could be talking. <laughs> Clearly, that would be <laughs> the problem. <sighs> just kidding. All right. Well, there there you go, Apple. Yeah. So I'm sure that you guys can all go on to the, uh, 
if you jailbreak your phones, you can, you can go and get go onto Cydia or whatever it is yeah, and, yeah. And, and and get these apps on your phones. Yeah, sure. Go ahead and do it. Do it. <laughs> well, if you have any apps that you'd like to tell us about, you can, dear listener, you yes. can you can do so. Uh, contacting us is super easy. Yes, it We're is. We're out there. You can email us. You can just go podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can uh, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. Right. You, you can message us there. Sure. You can follow us during you'll, the week. You'll McKenzie see all sorts of always stuff. posting stuff. It's fantastic. Conversations mm-hmm. occur. All the time. Caption contests. Ooh. All kinds of fun things. Surveys. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, can, uh, you can even leave us a voicemail. Mm-hmm. You can even talk to us. And the number and the place to do that is uh, 424-666. 8442. That is correct. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Um, and during our break, we're going to listen to some... Uh, it's a it's a heartwarming audio. story. Heartwarming story. This is uh, has to do with a, a miracle Indeed. involving Pat Robertson. Indeed. And the 700 Club, right? That's his show. Pat Robertson yeah. shows the 700 Club. You won't hear Pat's voice. No. This is Which a, I was very disappointed about. This was a report, though, right, that ran... On the 700 Club? Yes. Or on the, the network that does the 700 the Club. The CBN? Something like that. Something, yeah. yeah. Hmm? Okay. In the spring of 2013, Darren Reitnar started having pain in his lower left jaw. Pain was actually excruciating to the point I couldn't even open my mouth at times. Really, it was hard to even eat, sleep, talk, really anything. It just made life miserable. Darren visited a dentist who said his only option was to have surgery on a wisdom tooth. I did not want to do it whatsoever. I tried uh, different prescription pills and things. It eased the pain, but it didn't cure it altogether. In June of 2013, Darren was watching the 700 Club when Terry Mewson started praying. He says, I really feel the Lord's telling me someone's being healed in their lower jaw. Someone else, you have an infection and a wisdom tooth that's actually gone up into the bone in the jaw. God is completely healing that for you. I didn't really even think of it at first, and I'm like, wait a minute. My jaw isn't hurting anymore, you know. That's that's when I realized that was for me. For me to have that, it was a very personal feel for me. It was like, you know, for someone like it was very far away down in Virginia to have that God telling them for me, you know, that was that was just an awesome experience. Within days, all the pain left Darren's jaw. I was blown away. I haven't had any problems with pain, not even so much as in twinkling of anything in it it helps me you know knowing that god's there to heal you know i can tell others and it just encourages them no matter how small or how great and you know no matter what you're going through what you're struggling he's there and he's the great creator the great healer and he's there to help us oh can I just tell you how uplifting it is when the drums come in <laughs> on any on, on on any on any like oh. you know spiritual produced piece? Oh yeah. When the drums finally come in on that music cuz the music's been all soft and it's been all like just like really... moody. Mm-hmm. But the drums come in and that's when you know it's time to rejoice everybody. It always touches me. <laughs> Really deeply moved me. Actually. I'm I'm moved that he really didn't want oral surgery. <laughs> he wanted his wisdom. I really don't want my wisdom teeth taken out. <laughs> what kind of an? What the hell? Uh, well, thank God for God. Yeah, 
Otherwise, he would have had to like, do what well, we've yeah. all done. He apparently didn't have thousands of dollars of orthodontia. Right. That this, and with parents going, you will have those teeth removed. Yeah. <laughs> they are going to screw up those straight teeth that we paid. <laughs> that we paid for. Thousands of dollars. <laughs> um. Dude, that dude's that, face is going to get so messed up when this infection comes back or oh, whatever. I know. I know. <laughs> it's not like it's going away for good. No, God's going to God's gonna punish him for something. The 700 Club got in there with their cameras. Right as he was. Just in this window of he opportunity. Didn't, he didn't feel like he could actually explain to them that the, the, the pain had come back a little bit. He was just pretty pleased about the whole miracle thing. Which so. is why he was talking with a little bit of a, <laughs> a little bit of an accent. I mean, it, it came back, of course, but... The but fact that the God, God relieved it for a minute and 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 <laughs> for told two months and I told a lady hurt. on TV about it so that she could boy what an easy gig that is to be on TV and be like hey someone in our audience right now is being healed I know hey you know what Frank uh huh I are you gonna heal someone there? I'm healing somebody right now oh everybody check yourselves because right now there's someone one of you that's listening has a knee thing that acts up when the weather gets a little weird, that's going to go away for like a month and a half. That's awesome. I'm curing you of that mm-hmm. right now for a month and a half. Well, I, I would like to talk to that listener out there that I feel <laughs> has been listening but still has been harboring some belief. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. A, it's it's starting to disappear. Be healed. It, it's it's happening right now. Be healed now. of your belief. This listener is... is no longer believing in God. Oh, praise what a, to us! What a miracle! Praise us! Isn't that amazing? And le- Isn't that amazing, and Dan. It somebody it, stopped believing in God while right listening in, to our podcast. right in that moment. Amazing. Right in that moment, and my heart was touched. And if your heart was touched too, you can donate to us. Yeah. <laughs> which, wow, what a segue! Which you could actually do. You that, could do. I'm, I'm yeah. taking a cue from these yeah, guys. Yeah, do it. Yeah, do go it. go go to thankgodimatheist.com. If we have cured you of your mm-hmm. belief, you owe us a tithe. Go on to that. Go no, Visa, no. MasterCard, yeah. American Express. We'll take it all. We'll take it all. <laughs> Drain all of them. Max everything out. Or you can just, you know, give us 25 bucks or yeah. five bucks a month. Whatever you want. Anyway, um, we, uh, we got some emails. We got some voicemail. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we play mm-hmm. the voicemail first, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll hear from that because it segues into one of the emails that we got. Oh, all right. Hey, Frank and Dan. This is Ryan from Massachusetts. I just listened to your episode about pulling the plug, and I figured I might as well share my story and how it affected me as an atheist. My grandfather got diagnosed with lung cancer, and he was very healthy for his age. He was 82. And so because of his good health, despite his age, they started a very aggressive radiation treatment that compromised his immune system. He ended up getting a really, really bad case of pneumonia, and he was on a breathing mask, like a full-on mask, and he hated wearing it, and he wore it just long enough for all four of his kids to come down and be with him in his final moments, and that was the decision he made that, as a Christian, he very, very strongly was ready to make his peace with God, and as an atheist, I was glad that he did it, because 
I didn't want to see him suffering and I didn't want to see him hurting. So, and how it affected me was I just, I, I knew that he had passed and that I'll keep my good memories with him and that I will keep everything that he taught me and I will live my life to the fullest to what he taught me. So how it affected me and how I feel about pulling the plug, when you're dead, you're dead, and it's time to move on. I really enjoyed the conversation you guys had about the ethics of it, the morality of it, you know, religious or not. I mean, it's a hot-button issue that can affect a lot of people, and there really is no religious line. It's more of a personal line on where you stand on it. So I just wanted to share my story, and I wish you guys all the best, and have a happy new year. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for sharing that, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a tough issue. What are you going to do? Rabbi Gruber, mm. our friend Rabbi Gruber, yeah. has written in uh, oh. uh, about the same issue and, 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 was, was, and was quite poignant about it, I thought. So you're reading that as sort of the response? Yeah, yeah, or 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 or, or to, on top of okay, on top of hear. what Ryan said. Um, let's hear Rabbi Gruber. He, I mean, he talks about sort of what the ultra orthodox community says about it, and you know, uh -huh. orthodox rabbis have a real. The orthodox community has a big thing about you know even even if there's just a tiny flicker of brain happening, you don't you there's you can't. Oh really? Okay. Uh, you can't euthanize. You can't allow them to die. Um, okay. here, anyway, he, yeah, he talked about, about the, the sort of ins and outs of, of, of Judaism, secular Jews versus, versus rabbi versus orthodoxy. But he, here's, here's what I wanted to pull out, which was, he shared his personal experience. He said, I lost my mother when she was 45. I was 20. My grandfather, 10 months later, and then my second child born with a severe brain malformation died when he was eight months old. Five years after that, I did find the ritual and regulation of the Orthodox life helpful. However, it created problems too. For instance, I had some guilt associated with not knowing if I went far enough in terms of resuscitating my son to satisfy the requirements of Jewish law. Hmm. In terms of the spiritual aspects, of course, the idea of eternal life is very comforting, but you are forced to ask why God would cause slash allow a child to be born and die like this. Which... I think is exactly right. This yeah. is the problem with the creator. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say, that's why, that is why being secular, however, is much more helpful in the long run. I believe if your eight month old dies and there is no use and there's no use resuscitating him. So be it. No guilt needed. The fact that, that a nice 45 year old woman can die and a baby can be born with a brain malformation and die eight months old sucks, but that is nature. No anger toward God needed. Hmm. It eliminates the theodicy question. After all, even as an Orthodox Jew, you need to find meaning in what happened, and that is much easier as a secular person. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because this isn't about cosmology. This is about bodies don't always work. Right. Nature doesn't make perfect people. Right. Nature makes a bunch of fucked up people, and we all die and some of us at times when we don't think we should have to deal with that. Right. Yeah. And if there's a God, then yeah, you've got, you've, you've got the theodicy problem. Mm -hmm. It's an issue. Yeah. So thank yeah. you, Rabbi Gruber, for writing in. Thank you. And yeah. Thanks, I Ryan. Feel, I feel like um, Rabbi Gruber's 
what he said there very well was kind of summed up my sentiment that I was trying to express mm. last time. So yeah. that's that's really nice. Yep. He uh yeah, I like Rabbi Gruber. We should we should you know. like chat with him at some point. We do. We need, come we out to, to Salt Lake, Rabbi. Yeah. I don't remember where you live. We we would come and visit you, but I don't even remember. <laughs> I could look it up. And th- that's all the effort we're putting into it. That's apparently. all we got. That's all we got. <laughs> anyway, um we got uh there was a comment posted on the blog that I wanted to to bring up. Normally I normally uh, just so that you listeners know, the best way, if you want us to discuss your question on the show, we won't guarantee that we will, but the best way to do that is to send in an email. Yeah. That's really Or leave venue. a voicemail. Or leave a voicemail. Right. Th- those are the venues. But this guy left a comment, or girl, Ferg, left a comment on the... on the Fantastic. Uh, on, on, on the blog. And I just wanted to bring it up, because I think it's something that you and I would like to talk about. Okay. Um, uh, Ferg said, I had a real difficult time trying to follow what your friend was saying during podcast 111. Something about strong atheists who mock people and mm. uh, who take the Bible literally. And uh, and he's, he or she says, these are, these are the people who deserve to be mocked. Uh, goes mm. through a whole story about a conversation uh, with, with a Christian. And says, uh, like, like many, if not all Christians, he claims his morality comes from the Bible. So when confronted with the Bible's acceptance of slavery, he compares the slavery with a job or governmental uh, or government or requiring one to get a license for a car or hunting. These ideas don't just deserve to be mocked. They need to be mocked and ridiculed. No sane person compares the owning of other humans uh, with having a job or, or government licensing. It's not the first time I've heard these, this same drivel. It's not even the third time. And he goes on to talk about, you know, people believing in Bigfoot and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the reason that I chose to, to talk about this is because I, I have a, cl- a real problem with this, with this notion of, of mockery as a tool. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, I, I mean, I guess my question to Ferg is what is it that, you're, that you want to accomplish? Because it seems from it, from the comment that Ferg wants to eliminate this line of thinking from by, from by, the pol- by belittling it away, but by belittling it away. Well, I got news for you, Ferg. Nobody, all you're going to do is set up a an us against them dichotomy mm. and cement them into their belief. Yeah, that's yeah. all you're accomplishing with with ridicule. Yeah, mockery and ridicule they don't work. has the opposite effect that mm-hmm. you want it to. Now, some people have been – that's not always the case. Some people have been mocked and then later, much later, have gone on and gone, well, why did they mock me and thought about it? Mm-hmm. But that requires a thoughtful person to begin with. Far more thoughtful than most people. Than, than most people be. tend to be. Yeah. In the end, you're much more likely to actually achieve what your ostensible goal is mm-hmm. by taking forget, a, a Bogosian approach. Exactly. By taking a loving Mm-hmm. Uh, embracing approach of the person mm-hmm. and just asking them good, non-confrontational, Aristotelian. I mean, they're confrontational, but non. Uh, but what you're not doing is mocking the person. What you're not doing is belittling, right. a non-belittling approach. Well, because all you're doing is really just asking questions and just saying, hey, yeah, you're let's, really let's talk to about how you got to, to this belief of let's, their belief. Yeah. Let's talk about how what the epistemology mm-hmm. is here. Yeah. And not about the belief itself, even. Mm. Let's just talk about how you got to it. Yeah, you're going to catch. You're going to have so much more of an impact 
Yeah. Belittling is I I'm going on the record right now saying that belittling and mockery even though I participate in it sometimes. Oh, well, yeah. It's never ever going to it, I don't think it, I think confronting to the person, a person with the belittling language is not good. The, in the context of what we're doing here, where we bring up a story and it's ridiculous and we laugh about it and we make jokes about it, right? Totally different. Totally different. But if you're talking directly to a person yeah. and you're mocking and belittling them, mm-hmm. you're just being a dick. Yeah. That's all you're doing. Yeah. You're not changing their mind. You're not helping society. Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything but being a jerk. And I'm opposed to it. Well, there you go. Ooh, Dan! Wow. I got a wow. That was a high soapbox. Let me just climb down off of that. <laughs> I got, do you have a ladder? I'm just gonna climb down a little bit there. Yeah. Anyway, but thank you for participating in the conversation, Ferg. I actually really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Jean Marie wrote in. Uh, said she. Uh, I hope that's a she. Yeah, she. Jean Marie. I ho- I think Marie is a yeah. Woman's is name. a woman's name. Anyway, she, a girl, she, she mentions uh, in episode 41 of our podcast, Lo Those Many Moons Ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, we, do you remember we had a, a girl wrote in asking, she was on her way to Morocco, and she mm. was asking us if she should talk about the fact that she's an atheist. Oh, yeah. And we, we told ba- her We no. basically said, mm, might want to keep mom. <laughs> Just shut the hell up on that one. No point in risking whatever international incident might occur right? or whatever. In part because we know nothing about the climate of uh, Morocco. Exactly. Better to be safe. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Always better to err on the side of your own personal safety, at least in a foreign country. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She said um, that she spent five... uh, Sorry, Jean-Marie said that she spent five months in Turkey and two months in Jordan, both Muslim countries. Yes. Um, she says, I can understand the hesitation to express your non-belief in a country that is uh, unbelievably re- religious. Uh, the ruling party in Turkey apparently is super religious, and the king of Jordan claims to be a de- descendant of Muhammad. Mm. At first, I was hesitant to express my non-belief. However, as I got more comfortable, I felt it was important to talk about. When I was in Turkey, I was at university, so most, so most everyone was really liberal, and a lot of students were atheists. Just like oh, okay. America. All right, cool. Uh, that was a good outlet to talk about religion because I was surrounded by people who grew up Muslim, so I learned a lot. Oh, However, in fantastic. Jordan, I was teaching girls ages 14 to 21 uh, in one of the poorest and most conservative, uh, funny how those two go hand in hand, she points out, neighborhoods <laughs> in Amman. <clears throat> the girls were shocked for half a second that I didn't believe in God, but then were interested to know more. Hmm. I think exposure is the most important part about being abroad. Hmm. Uh, not only for you to be exposed to different cultures, but also to interact with people and learn about each other's lives. So interesting. That's a nice uh, and an interesting point. I think I still think you risked a lot by ex- by by exposing your non belief Especially in the second <laughs> scenario. Yeah, yeah. You could have oh, been fired yeah. for that kind of stuff. People get fired for shit like that here in the states, or, or run out of town, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, any, I don't know Jordan any, and I don't know Turkey, yeah. but I will say that we do. Jordan, my understanding is it's pretty, pretty liberal, tolerant, tolerant. Yeah, yeah. But but the, I mean, we do know that there are Muslim countries where you risk being executed. Yeah, I mean, they probably wouldn't do that to a foreign national, but they'd be more than happy to kick you right right out of their country. Yeah. Anyway, but nonetheless, there, there, there she, she is. is. She's she, there. She's 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 having those conversations. So I say, actually. 
uh, kudos to you for taking the risk. Sure. You sure. took the risk. You, you, you were the one there. You knew the, the situation best. Right. Far be it for me or right. for Dan here right. to, to we actually. Don't, we don't know. Say I'm just boo. glad. I'm just you glad know? you're safe. That's yeah. all I care about. <laughs> I'm just glad you're okay. <laughs> oh, we were concerned go. for you, and and now we're fine. Fortunately, you made it out. She alive. also she also wanted to point out she's from North Carolina, and she said mm. she she thinks it's funny that uh, the way we generalize about the South. Mm. But she wanted to point out that uh, everybody else in the world feels the same way about Utah. Well, mm. doy. <laughs> we know that, <laughs> and you know we've been to the South. Oh yeah. All over. We, yeah. Not to North Carolina, but no, we've true. been all, we, we, trust me. We, 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 when we generalize about you backwoods hicks, we know what we're talking about. All right. Well, I think, I think that's all the email we have time for. Let's, uh, let's, let's move right along. Let's begin a conversation, shall mm. we? How do we want to begin our conversation? Well, what do you get when you cross a pineapple and the Holocaust? Oh, God. <laughs> that sounds like the, the setup to a very bad joke. It is a setup to a very bad joke. And it's not my bad joke. It is a comedian's bad joke yeah. in France. Yeah. Uh, a guy by the name of... Uh, should I uh, try this? Dudon? Yeah. Uh, Dudon? Dudonet. Dudonet? I believe is uh, how it's pronounced. It, why D? D i e u like God like Dieu 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 donne Dieu donne Dieu donne Mbalumbala Mbalumbala It's a fun name to say I will yeah. say that Dieu donne Mbalumbala Anytime you have a repeated sound <laughs> in a name it does make it a little bit more fun But then Mbala Mbala that's something really nice about that Yeah uh, Anyways he's the 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 French comic of um, African descent. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder, though. He was though, born in Africa, right? I think so. I, I Well, maybe. I don't know. I okay. don't know where he was born. I will say this. Having researched him a little bit and seeing some of his stuff, I wonder if French comedian might be a bit of a contradiction in terms. <laughs> because he that is... the French aren't funny? He's what? just not funny. Yeah. He's got a huge following. And yeah. he... I, he's... My, the, let, let's let's be fair. The French do have a different sense of humor. They do, even though it's not funny. <laughs> they do have a different sense of humor, even I though have, they find it funny. I think, that, and it's while it's not, that's fine. I will say this as about long the as they're laughing. The French have fine. mastered dark comedy. Mm. Like if, if if you watch a French film that's a mm. dark comedy, yeah, they nail it. Yeah, yeah. But when I, it, I find I find I find old French films delightful actually, <laughs> like old godard films and whatnot like, okay like the, they're just a delight and they can be very 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 funny this so we, yeah. gentleman this gentleman's not funny <laughs> he does the 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 pineapples a holocaust reference okay so here's the deal he started his career sort of he was touring around this i'm gonna give this story as i've sort of pieced it together it's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. He was touring with a Jewish comedian. Right. They were doing this whole like, like all these anti-racism sets and stuff. And they, mm-hmm. they they had this whole thing. And then there was a falling out. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if this falling out l- precipitated Giudone's, uh move uh-huh. shift in thought, but now he does this his. Like his whole shtick has started to become to revolve around this anti-Jewish deal. Yeah, well, it's definitely what he's become known for. Yeah, yes, yeah. 
I mean, and he goes far with it. Uh-huh. Far. Yeah. To the point where he... Now, you're not allowed to do that in France. No. In they France, like... they have laws about uh, about what you... About you can't what say you... shit about the Holocaust. Right. right. Uh, that's not, you know, true. Or that, or the, or that, that's not respectful of right. the survivors of the Holocaust, right. or or the or, or those who the, died. The Holocaust happened. Right, right. Yeah. Now he doesn't claim that it didn't happen. What he claims is that it's. Why is that getting all the attention? Right. And but he goes, he goes so <laughs> fucking far. So he was fined thirty thousand euro for that's, that's for a chunk of money. What is about forty thousand dollars? Yeah, at least. He, and he's. And he is, uh, he was, you know, this was a big deal. He was fined all this money. The next day, the day after he was fined all this money for rabble rousing, mm. he, uh, he put up a video on YouTube that, I mean, it's so funny. It looks like he's, he looks like he's trying to be a, a dignity, like, like, like a head of state or something. He walks up to a podium. Right. <laughs> and he gives this whole speech about, about it. And then he goes, he breaks into song. Mm-hmm. Should we play the song? Yeah, let's let's play would, some of the would song. Would like to hear a little bit of just so that you understand what, what the song is. The song is called Shoananas. Okay, Shoah, so translate that. Like, Shoah meaning the Holocaust, and Ananas meaning pineapples. Yeah, so it's the pineapple Holocaust is kind of how it's being translated yeah. into English. Not that that makes any more sense than any other translation of that. <laughs> well, Lisa explains. He's just what mashing kind of the Holocaust. word. Holocaust, or the word Shoah, mm-hmm. with pineapple. Shoah-ananas. Shoah, shoah, shoah-ananas. Il ne faut pas oublier, il y a un moyen d'amplifier. Shoah-ananas. Allez, on vous écoute. Shoah-ananas. Allez, Jackie, maintenant. Allez, Jackie, chorégraphie. I think we can okay, yeah. that. Okay. Then, yeah, he's invited Jacques to come out. Right? Yes. And to, uh, it's, a, it's a, a fellow in a uh, sort of a very, uh, well, what, uh, the, you know, what he's wearing isn't all that important. What is important is that he does have a, a yellow star of David. A very large yellow star it. of David, and he's shaking two pineapples like maracas. Yes. And yes. he's and he's, he's white. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a white guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's important or not. It feels like everything's important in this story. <laughs> like, we can't miss details because it's just, like, so crazy. Yeah. This guy, I mean, this guy has gone full anti-Semite. Yeah. He's... I, and he's mocking the whole thing. Well, and the thing is, he's that mock- but but he's saying these lyrics that don't mean anything. Yeah, like the first lyric translates to basically like he says. He, he, well, the first it's thing like, that it's like, is coherent. Uh, something after about show on and us is we really must not forget there's a way to make money. Right. Which I guess is a reference to his fine. I don't. I, or, but or, I mean, there's not. This is yeah, not a know. clever song. Let suffice it to say, there's nothing actually clever going on. He <laughs> right. he didn't bother to sit down and write a song. Right, right, right. He just wanted to sing. It's just goofy. Uh, He's being goofy. Holocaust pineapple. Offensive, but it's and he goofy. turns around and he shakes. He wiggles his butt at the camera. Yeah, and uh, and that's about but where he goes. There, with there's it. something though that I'm. 
I'm going to just step back and say there must be something in sort of the French sense of humor <laughs> that is lost on me at this moment, right? That the, that right. he is he is performing this song. Uh, this is not the first time that he's like sung this song. Right? No, like, this, this is the first moment. This is the first moment. This is where he introduces Shoan and us to okay. the world. So, and then his now he sings it on his stage. followers. Or his fans, I yes. guess you should say, um, show up to his shows with pineapples. Pineapples in hand. And uh, and this is like, this is the thing. This is like, this is what they absolutely love. And, and it gets alarming because they uh, he also has this hand gesture that he, he has introduced to his fandom that is basically like, there. it's one arm downward stretched. Uh-huh. It, basically, imagine Hitler's Nazi salute uh-huh. and then just move the arm down so it's pointing at the at the floor instead of the sky right so instead of it being at say two o'clock it's down at like four thirty. Four thirty, yeah or something <laughs> it's what the hell is going on yeah so so okay so here's here's where here's where our discussion really begins yeah the french government has been banning this guy left and right right even the 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 president of france francois hollande has 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 encouraged uh, a ban has has come out in favor of a ban they the you know a, a ban was upheld and then mm-hmm. was struck down by a judge and then an emergency thing was convened and a higher judge reinstated right. the ban right uh it sounds like utah's gay marriage thing <laughs> but here's a so so artists what we decided was that we needed to talk about Free speech, yeah, and what we think needs to happen here, and what well, we or or uh, it, you or know, how th- this there, matters. There are, I mean, Europe has its history, France has its history. They've been trying to deal with this whole like anti-Semitism thing since World War II by creating laws, right, that, that limit what people can say yeah. about Jewish people and the Holocaust and so forth and so on. Holocaust right. denial is illegal. That is considered to be some kind of well it's i might be the equivalent of sort of hate speech right 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 um and uh and it's considered so inflammatory in their society that it has to be just forbidden right and and but what it what what i get the sense of is that watching this and seeing sort of and reading a little bit about the the his fans and their reaction. Now, of course, there is anti-Semitism that has been percolating in France. They yeah. have a large Muslim community of immigrants that have, that have come into the country. Yeah. Who And, you know, I don't want to overly generalize about Muslims, but uh, there's not a lot of love of, of Jews, mm. you know, in Islam. And uh, they have sort of this French right-wing ultra-conservative stuff that's also a little anti-semitic right and so that's there that that's been that's all bubbling but it but it's it's been limited by law and and well and of course there's there's social limitations to it too i mean it's not well but well accepted but here this guy comes walking out and we see that the social limitations start to melt away well he feels comfortable enough that right. he has a large enough of a fan base right. and people who feel the same that in a sense he's tapping into all of that suppressed 
sentiment mm. that people that people cannot say right by law and now he's become their voice yeah and that in in and that's sort of the situation that has come because of the laws that they have in place so now supporting this guy is actually a statement about free speech right which is a big problem because yeah. now people are thinking well i'm a, i'm all for free speech and they're getting it confused with free speech about hating somebody else yeah which is not exactly That's the way you, not what you use your free speech right right yeah uh you know one one french official said um that peddlers of hate stop at nothing and show boundless creativity faced with this creative creativity of hate should we do nothing certainly not the status quo is not a solution this is this is this is his justification for for the laws for making it against the law yeah. and for banning him i guess i just don't understand well i mean to me it seems that you're that by the by creating these limits they don't have any experience as a society dealing with anti-semitic speech right so so what, right like they what the judge said that the banned him mm-hmm. said that it uh it was de- he was his show was deemed to present a threat to public order mm. now that's interesting but it leaves us with this problem of we're not having the public conversation right the, i think that that's what you're getting at yeah that the the because there haven't been the people have not been able to have small releases of these sentiments and then be faced with the actual social consequence right of of those little releases that it hasn't been properly pushed down from a societal perspective like my fear uh, or or when when i think of myself as a functioning member of society indeed i am much more controlled by social accept the, the idea of being socially accepted versus the idea of am I doing something legal or illegal? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's much more like I if I know that I'm actually risking my my you know being ostracized. Yeah. Like ostracized. Yeah. Exactly. If I'm risking that, then that's totally different. If I'm risking my comic my my career as a comedian. Right. Right. Well, that's why but, this put me in mind of Michael Richards yeah. in, in our country. Which, uh, Michael Richards, who played Kramer on on uh, on, S- on Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. You guys will remember, I mean, most of you probably will remember, that he had a stand-up gig long after mm-hmm. Seinfeld had, claw- had, had, had stopped. Had ended. And he, uh, he, he went a little off the rails. Yeah, so somebody is heckling him. A guy yes. out in the audience, a black man, a black man was heckling, was heckling him, him. And, and and the fact that he's black would have been completely irrelevant. But it's not. <laughs> Unfortunately, Michael Richards took it to a place. And the reason that I think it is important to play this is because I didn't. I knew that incident. I didn't know how serious it was yeah. until I actually looked it up and watched it. Yeah. Shut up! Fifty years ago, you had your own tied down with a fucking fork up your ass. <laughs> It shocks you to see what's buried beneath your stupid motherfuckers. What was it called for? It's not called for you to rob my ass. 
I think we can stop it there. Okay. Because I think we need to get into like. Well, here's just, so <laughs> the fact that like there's a uh, lot to it, unpack it, there. Tr- we're not going to talk of, about the whole. We're not going to. Yeah. Is, all of the issues there. He, and it, it's 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 disturbing. It's alarming. It is. It's actually alarming to me that he, for whatever reason, went off the the rails this way. And that, and that that's where he went. Right. Like, I understand going off the rails because you were being heckled and it's your show and, and, and this right. guy was probably way out of line. I'm guessing this guy was way out of line in his, in his yelling. A heckler is out of line. Right. And this and guy was, seemed to be Especially with it. a comic that that's not their thing. Right. 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 So, 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 but, I mean, the fact that, but the problem was that where that took his, where that took Michael Richards' mind. Right. right. However... Yeah. There are no laws in the United States that say you can't stand on a stage and use that language right. that he just used. Which is in our in our country, uh, that's that word, the N-word is that's uh, about as bad as it gets. It's about as bad as it gets. The other thing is that he said and the thing that was glossed over in almost all of the media stuff was that the first thing he said was 50 years ago, we would have had you uh, hanging upside down with a fork in your ass. Yeah. Which is, in my mind, actually more offensive. That's more, ra- that's as, that is like taking all of the things that are encompassed mm-hmm. in the N word yeah. and making them explicit. Let me just, <laughs> let me just unpack this word and all of the hatred that's involved in it and yeah. I'll just spill it all out for you. All the, hi- the history, the violence. Right. The, yeah. The, 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 me claiming superior to be of a superior mm-hmm. race you mm-hmm. you are of an inferior race yeah. and we have every right to do like it it really encompasses all of the awful that i can think of right in 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 race relations and there and yet the, sh- the what stopped this was not and what will stop future comedians from doing this was mm-hmm. not any kind of law any kind of you know a penalty right it was the fact that we have not seen Heidner hair of Michael Richards since. Right. He's been complete. I mean, he's not allowed on TV, not because anybody's decreed it, but because everybody's too. Anybody who has control over what gets to go on TV knows better. Right. We all, they would society, all get letters. Yeah. Society has said he is not welcome. And it's far more effective. I mean, this happened. He doesn't have an audience anymore. Right. Because nobody's going to give him that audience. Right. And in my mind, that is the way to handle this. Or, or I mean, you know, and maybe maybe he gets, you know, he does enough mea culpa, mea culpa. And, you know, in our society, our society can forgive people. Sure. If they, you know, if, if, if they go through the process and we, we have to see them go through the process, mm-hmm. even if it's bullshit, even if they're not doing it. Right. But it's, but it's important to our society that they go through the whole thing right. and say, I'm so sorry that I was completely out of line and here's why. And, you know, if they show enough penance, right. we'll forgive them and let them back on TV or whatever. Sure. Um, maybe he's not funny enough to actually be forgiven all the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not the point. He I'm, had a good shtick on... On Seinfeld. He did. Then, uh, he was great. And I'm sure that that made him enough money that if he just had half a brain, he's fine. He's yeah. just not on stage anymore. He's not performing. Yeah. The, so the idea, I, I mean, I think that I, what we're getting at, I think that this is sort of the takeaway for me, is that the French approach, which the, is the, the governmental... By and large, the European approach. Maybe. The, I don't know enough the, about other that. Other countries to, also have law. I'm... Fairly confident that other countries have laws against 
Holocaust denial. Yeah, Holocaust denial. That's why I mean, and we have hate speech laws. Oh yeah. I mean, and you can't just like. I mean, there there are def, there are clear lines that you can't cross with speech. You can't incite a riot, right? And you can't uh, the, the classic example of you can't yell fire in a crowded theater, right? You can't call risk the public's actual immediate safety, right? I think that I think that the question becomes where do we draw this line, and that's where I mean, and we're not you and I aren't going to come to the answer of where we draw this no, line, and we're not this, legal scholars. This is not... just an exploration here, but I think one of the things that came to my mind uh, was a study that was done back in the fifties. I heard about this on I think it was Radio Lab or This American Life or whatever. It was a study that was done that basically asked the question. Uh, it, it had it had the study participant didn't know that they were the participant they thought they were helping to conduct the right. study and they were given a machine that had switches and one said 10 volts and one said 100 volts and one said 250 and it just went up and up and up and then you know someone in a, in the room next to them was asked questions and if they got it wrong they're supposed to th- flip the switch and go up higher and higher in the switches and the person in the next room would scream and it was like a, it was all about like how much are you willing to let your your uh this subject suffer are you mm-hmm. willing to throw the switch that says you know a thousand volts right and the person's been screaming every time you throw switches higher and higher right anyway that that was an interesting uh uh study in and of itself but there was a side thing that they did where they looked at how they could con they tr- they would try to when people would refuse to throw the next switch they tried to talk them into throwing the next switch and see what it was that would actually convince them to do it. Hmm. And they had these different set questions or set things that they would say to the person to convince them to do it. And I don't remember the first one. I think the second one was something along the lines of, uh, you know, if you don't if you don't throw this the switch, then uh, the experiment is ruined, and we have to we the just have thing. to we just have to we discard have to start it over. Right. So, right. So there was this whole thing of like, you know, you're you're hindering our science by right. by doing this thing. So it's just some social pressure. Some and... social pressure, right. And 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 an appeal to science, an appeal to uh academia or something, some sense of of how great that was. Well, just the expectation of what their role was in the thing. Right, right. But the last thing that they would say is you ha- you must throw this switch. Right. You have to. And what's interesting is that the first two questions saw some efficacy. Mm. You know, a, a percentage of people would succumb to question A and question B, or or statement A and statement. And B. they would just try one of these, right? They, well, no, they like would go through. I, no, I think it was an escalating thing. They would try oh, A, then they that would kind tr- of, or maybe, or maybe not, me. maybe not. I don't okay. know. I but but what what was the fact was that no one ever. Uh, the, the saying you have to do this had zero efficacy. Right. Everybody said, "Well, hell, hell, I don't." Well, yeah, because all of a sudden now you're posed with just the authority of it. Right. Right. And when that's... you when there's an appeal to authority, people bristle. Yeah. People re- rebel instantly. Yeah. Like like that's their when you know your your that's their first response. Yeah. Is wait what you can't tell me right. So. To my mind, when the French government says, this guy is banned, this guy can't do this, it rallies a bunch of people who wouldn't even care, who wouldn't even rally. It's a cause. They don't even think about it now. Mm -hmm. They just jump on the cause of free speech. 
behind a guy who's saying awful things. Right. Instead of incendiary things. Right. Right. Risky, dangerous things. And stupid things. Just wildly stupid. Wildly stupid. And then these people are getting on board with it, not because they actually care about it, but because... They've been told they ha- that 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 it's that it's not okay. Mm-hmm. They've been told that the authorities say you can't do this, right. and they're going to just rebel against it. Yeah, I mean, it, it. Boy, you have to come down with quite the hammer to shut this down. And do you want to go that far? Right. Can you go that far? I mean, if this guy is, you know, I mean, he just got fined a ton of money, and now he's out there doing it again, and he's more famous than ever. Yeah. They I mean, made him more famous. You and I would never have heard this guy's name. Mm-mm. I would not have learned how to say Dieudonné. <laughs> anyway, I so Mbala 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 Mbala. <laughs> I mean, that is fun. Yeah, I thank them for that. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think these are the questions that we need to be asking ourselves when when laws are written. When when we ask ourselves as a, as a society how to handle this sort of thing. I think I think that the clear winner is the uh, is the social component. Yeah. Because all now, the, how all we you, engineer that, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know because like <laughs> you, well, you have to just trust that over time. It's something that happens over time. It's not like you know, right? That we woke up one day and uh, and it was saying the N word was taboo. Right. It takes time. It does take time. And to legislate it is saying, this is just the way that we want it to be. And so we're going to have it be this way today. Well, that's, you didn't go through the process of, of it's the society that you want, but it's not necessarily the society that you have. Yeah. And so you've got to, you got to just work your system. I, I, again, I don't know how that, how and does, I'll, how, I'll tell you what, how I does mean, one society get to the point where it's, it's, it's just the people that do it. Right. And whereas, how does another society get to, to on the same issue, basically? Well, the truth is we are in the information age. I'm sorry, but a government can't shut down jack shit. No, because he put a video up on YouTube. The next he wasn't day. A, he wasn't allowed to perform. Well, guess what? He just got a bigger audience. Right. So what needs to happen is that discussion needs to happen. We need other, you know, other yeah. celebrities need to say, hey, guess what? What he's doing, yeah. it's bullshit. And you, here's why. You rally the troops against him. Right. Yeah. Right. Instead of just shutting him down. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's bizarro to me. It's all very strange. It's all very and, strange. You know, and I will say that all of this with the caveat of I don't understand the French. <laughs> I think what we're really getting at here <laughs> when we drill down to the heart of this discussion is what the hell's up with the French? <laughs> to quote Seinfeld. <laughs> What's the deal with that? <laughs> That's the worst Seinfeld. I'd do a terrible... Uh, I think my Seinfeld is closer to Don Knotts than Seinfeld. <laughs> Andy! Andy, there's a guy in a barn! I don't know. <laughs> a guy in a barn? The That's... French are saying things I shouldn't say, Andy! <laughs> Andy, get at me! There's hatred in France! Make him a pie, Andy! <laughs> No, I mean, I say that caveat with, I mean, to to, to really say, there's uh, how how you, you can't judge from the outside. It is really hard. Yeah. Uh, we're not sitting in judgment of the French and what they're they're trying to do. But it much. just seems we're not to sitting me in judgment much. much. It it just doesn't seem to be the most effective way in in the world today. Mm. With the in, in with how does a free society censor? In this day and age. Right. Right. 
Bur- burning you, books is not the answer. You, you don't have limited laws. media outlets, and you can't lock up the owners of newspapers who are printing stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like you, there, there, that's not going to contain it anymore. All of the information flows. All of the information's out there. All of the bad information's out there, and all of the good information's yeah. out there. And the bad's probably more prevalent. Yeah, I know. We need to be looking for uh, for new things. So there you go. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ideas on how we uh, how we engineer the appropriate uh, uh, societal response to hate. Yeah, I know. Go ahead and uh, don't so. write to us with that. Actually, write write to your congressman <laughs> if you've got a really good one. Then you know, write to somebody yeah, because, better than us. Because also, clearly, it's not like it's a complete bed of roses in this country either. No, as far as like everybody getting along no. and i and i would hope that our conversation today wouldn't have confused our listeners to thinking that that we think that america is just well, perfect no. in our like, we talk free, every week about somebody saying something dumb yeah like something idiotic <laughs> but we're part of the mechanism to shut that down that's what we hope <laughs> all right well go out there don't use the n-word don't don't, don't sing don't songs people. about holocausts and pineapples no although it's no. catchy Show ananas. No, it's nope. really not catchy. It's really not okay, and it's not an. It's, it's, it's not a, a good song. Stupid song and a stupid <laughs> message. Okay, and we'll leave you with that. All right. Well, if you'd like to chime in, yeah. you can send us an email mm-hmm. to podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Right. Go to Facebook. Read all about all of this stuff that we've just talked about and more. At facebook.com slash TGIatheist. Or you could leave us a voicemail message at 424-666-8442. Correct. Uh, there's also, I want to remind people that you can donate to our program and Absolutely. help us help us uh, create more content. That you, that you can do by going to thankgodimatheist.com and clicking on the support tab. And as, as always, we do like to thank Mackenzie for all of her help online and uh, the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music. Have a good one, everybody. Uh, That was was me stumbling over trying to say goodbye. But I love you anyway, everybody. (laughs) And stumbling over me, too. Yeah, well, whatever. Bye-bye. Bye.